They slick, huh? Get your ass up, girl. Am I kicking it off? Let it go. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sideline Talk. How y'all feeling? What's, what's going on? What's, what's going on? on? Hey, what we, we getting the bad guy? I mean, what's up? Because I want to let you get out the way before we get to the. Uh, I ain't got nobody owe him like apology. I, said, I know. Y'all know how oh, I feel cool. about. Um, I ain't got no rant. I think Tay might got the rant today. Ho uh, ho ho ho! I'm here because I thought the bad guy was gonna be here. I thought he made a, he was making a return. He made a return last week. Yeah, but I thought he was coming. Yeah, I mean, I figured you couldn't have been done. I thought he was coming back at least. It depends on where we go from there. It might happen. It might happen. Hey, man, let's do this. Let's get the scores out the way. And then, um, yeah, let's get these scores out the way. <laughs> so, Rams are going to the Super Bowl. They beat the Niners 20-17. We're going to break that down a little later. But – we're going to start with the first game where the Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime, 27-24. And Coach Tay, the floor is yours. Let me say this. Everybody on sideline talk that is a Ravens fan that called me a hater, that called me uh, a clown, all types of stuff they were saying. John, you saw it. I tagged you in it. You saw it. All of y'all niggas owe me an apology. Every single one of y'all. Y'all blame injuries for the Ravens getting beat. And I saw what John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta saw. He saw Wink Martindale getting schooled, is what he saw. And y'all told me that we would be fine once we got the injuries. No, those dudes in Cincy are legit. They are legit, and they proved it this weekend. They beat who you guys feel like is the number one quarterback in the league in Kansas City. I'm telling you right now, everybody owe me an apology. Are you not number one quarterback? That means you apologize. Let me make sure we got this right. Is he not the number one quarterback? That's my point. He's the number one quarterback, and he got beat at home by the Cincinnati Bengals, who I was told, the only reason they beat us that way is because we had injuries. We got we got dirty dudes on injuries there. And niggas got COVID. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the first meeting, they called us up before COVID and before injuries, they called us up the same way. And we came out there with that same sorry scheme, trying to play them dudes again. That's why I picked Joe Burrow, and he got me to the championship. I picked him up that week alone. I'm like, oh, he playing the Ravens? I'm picking him up. I seen what he did to Wink already. And Joe Burrow put up a 50 spot. 50. No, it was 42. Both so it was 50 in my league. Oh, you mean, oh my 50 bad. Eight extra points because of, they was like, you disrespecting Wink. Take, just take the eight, eight extra points. <laughs> felt like <laughs> 70. Them dudes, them dudes made Wink look terrible. Wink was over there. He put his herm bone away and everything. I was like, oh. <laughs> my grandmother gave me that chain. Bad. 
they put he put his herring bone away. I'm like, damn, man. EDC saw it and John saw it. Them niggas was like, nah, we need it. They was on a beach and it and it traumatically, it just hurt him again. Like, no, nah, we gotta get Blink up out of here, man. He's getting out schemed terribly. Yo, they call the whole time you said since he was Debo, Wink was Bridge. I'm gonna tuck mine in. <laughs> and they still took it. I, mean, yeah. I don't blame the injuries on that, but he was still a scapegoat. We we could talk about that if we want to. He was still a scapegoat. I I don't see how people could still talk about injuries. Like you got NFL players for a reason, whether they on a practice. Yeah. Whether whether they are uh, low on the death chart in the 53-man roster, it doesn't matter. If your game plan and your practice and your preparation doesn't meet what it needs to meet by the time it gets to Sunday or Monday or Thursday, you get the results that you've been getting. Facts. Game plan when the offense and defense, but mostly the defense because it's been times where we have leads or the game is close. And we just can't get off the field on third down, or we can't get off the foot. There's no reason why a basic defense can't get off the field on third and 15, third and 18. Well, 15. you just said it. A basic defense. You just said it. But it's but not as the wink is not a basic defense. It's not. Right. Like, Stuck I mean, you consistently have uh your corners and your safeties 10 the yards off the ball when they need a third and seven. It's a third and five, and you got him at the seven yards behind. Like, come on now. Like, it's just certain things that you can think of. Like, if you get burnt, if you get torched with your route running, they're not going to accept that. Mm-hmm. You just beat me, man, up. It is what it is. But I'm not going to give you a slant. I'm not going to give you a comeback route. You're just going to have to beat me. And I can respect that in the day. I can't respect Wink and him giving up two touchdown leagues because. He's playing players a certain way, or he's not letting his young players ball out. They 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 playing like they timid, and that's been since fucking week one. Truthfully, it's been since before week one. You are preaching, and I, I know, but I've been saying this. I'm not a week. I'm not a wink fan. So let me not let me preface it by that. I'm not a wink fan at all. I'm not saying that he's great. I'm saying. You see one person who has consistent flaws over and over again. And then you turn a blind eye to the other coordinator that has consistent flaws over and over again. Let me say this. John, this this is where I lost. I lost all faith. First of all, y'all know I've been lost faith (laughs) in this staff. But this was the point where I knew that we was going to get blown out the second time we played Cincinnati because they weren't going to change it. These dudes did a three-man rush, drop eight back in coverage. Okay, that's that's normal. But when you drop eight back in coverage, you don't play at 10 when you drop eight back in coverage. <laughs> what's the hell? What's the point of dropping eight back in coverage if you're just going to play at 10? That's <laughs> 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 When I when I yo say when I had seen our first round draft pick on defense play a QB spy to a quarterback that I am not afraid of that I probably can outrun with bad knees and weight problems and shit. Then why is he back there playing a spy? Bruh. 
boy rush. Let the boy find some type of rhythm. He every time he get on the field, it's been shown that he can make plays, and he's been making plays since he's been getting he's get, he's been getting sack fumbles. He's been getting he's been getting fumbles and on running backs. Like I don't need him five on a quarterback as old as all of us combined. So as we give it to transition to the the actual Cincinnati Kansas City game, mm. let me just say, Al, <laughs> you said Cincinnati Kansas City, and we went on a wink tangent. That's yeah, hilarious. I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying well, is no, that's no, what, no. it's that's not a, we started it. at. You feel me? Y'all just <laughs> look. It was because he said he needed an apology, and it was right, 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 right. That's why I wanted to get it out the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But all I'm saying is, Al. All I'm saying is justice for Wink. That's all. Justice, no justice for Wink. Ain't no justice for Wink. Listen, be ashamed of yourself. They just, I mean, they just, they just again, echoed. I'm not a Wink fan, but he said it's been happening since week one. What was the coordinator that we had here that was doing the same thing? Dean it's Pete? been happening since 2011. That's when it's, it's been, been happening since 2000 and whatever year we got rid of Bletch and Rex. Oh, okay. But yeah, let's 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 blame Wink. Let's, let's blame Wink. Let's not let Wink retire. All right, cool. I got you. Greg Roman need to hurry up and retire. All right, cool. Go ahead. But I just I just look at it like when it's when it's time for a a play a coordinator to go, it's just time for them to go. Right. It was time for it was time for Rex I agree, to go. I agree, hundred percent. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Rex, like we we. We praise Rex for what he did in the past, but I remember faithfully that year he had to go. I'm screaming at the TV, stop blitzing. Because it was obvious and he was eating it up right behind the blitz. Mm-hmm. Slant, dig, post, drag. Like, right, he was killing it. It's mm-hmm. like you can't, in this league, you got to mix it up. And that was mm-hmm. Wink's downfall. He ain't mix it up. And then to Taewon's point, Greg he didn't show up. he he showed that he didn't understand the personnel that he had on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You bring in guys, you know, off the street, but at some point, you have to know the scouting point. What are their their strengths and their weaknesses? Their weaknesses, right? You can't. You can't what are their What are their weaknesses, right? Right. You can't have. You can't just put guys ten yards off the ball. You can't just say, have you know what corners y'all ten secondary ten yards off. Safe, um, Vegas. We gonna line up at five, but we gonna drop to eight. <laughs> you can't just have three hundred pounds. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't have a three hundred pound defensive lineman out there running routes. Hey, look, like, and he a goddamn tight end. What? I you mean, you are, listen. You upset? We remember we in agreement I'm not upset. with you. We are in agreement. When it's time for a coordinator to go, it's time for a coordinator to go. That's all. I'm right. Saying. Right. Right. Exactly. Right, we we good with that. El Alvin run into the grave. I get right. y'all y'all pissed off Roman still around. We got, That's fine. We got a three hundred pound lineman out, defensive lineman out there running routes with AV and powers protecting the future. That's what the fuck we got. All right, cool. When it's time for coordinator to go, it's time for him to go. I got you. What up? You saying that? But tell me, I gotta let that go. I let that go. I let it go. Cincinnati, Kansas City. You that nigga up and axe. Let's Run get around. to it. <laughs> I ain't never see that. You ain't been watching. He lined up at X. Like he lined up and then, he would line up and then motion back and then block. He went to an X and was out there running routes. 
Like right, you got to get I Hey, look, I'm off play. Your power blocked. Like what? I mean, I, I need proof. I need proof <laughs> for that one. All right. I think it was the first Steelers game. Might might have been the second one. All right. Might been, I, I think I, it was the first. This year. Game. This year. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll find. It. All right. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Oh boy. Lord have mercy. Let's get to it, yo. Well, let me ask you, you heard, because during the game, you was talking about the coverages that both teams were playing. So for the novice fan, explain to, to everybody what coverages they were playing and why they were playing those coverages against those particular players. All right. So the first half of the game, Cincinnati was playing a lot of too high safety where they would play, you know, a cover four look where they would have, you know, your two corners on the outside, protecting deep, your safeties lined up like slightly outside the hash. They protect, protecting deep middle of the field as well. Then in the backers would drop underneath in their respective zones. The point of that was to one, not get beat deep. And two, they were protecting, you know, all the intermediate stuff. So their game plan was – to not give up the explosive play, give Kansas City everything underneath. So all little five-yard hitches, they would allow them to take. Um, drags was there. Small stop routes was there. The issue with doing that against Kansas City, you have guys in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Miko Harmon, as soon as the ball is in their hands, they get an extra yards. So you're basically playing into their hands. You, you say, okay, I want you to take this. And not only that, it creates a smaller, um, what we call a light box, where you can run the ball. Jared McKinnon was getting six yards of carry when he touched it. Clyde was getting five yards of carry when he touched it. You, fact, you take that and then factor in the passes underneath, and it was just it was a, it was easy it was easy football for the Chiefs, and on the flip side, Kansas City was doing sim, uh, similar a similar defense to keep um, Cincinnati from being explosive. The difference was Kansas City was getting home with their front four. They was allowing the four man rush, you know, to try to wreak havoc on the offensive line, and for the most part in that first half. Kansas City won the trenches in the offensive line and the defensive line. The adjustment came when Cincinnati stopped being scared. They stopped being scared in the second half and said, you know what? We're going we're not gonna play as far back with the cover four. We're gonna play some, we still play too high safety, but we're gonna play man coverage. We're gonna have a combo coverage where um it it's man, but we really got like a, a spy on the underneath zones in the middle of the field. That's what we did. And for the most part, they mixed it up and it worked. It was some cover six where they had four on one side, two on the other. It was uh, man on one side, zone on the other. They did a good job of mixing things up in the second half. And for some reason, Kansas City just couldn't, couldn't uh, make it happen. Hmm. That's the that's the nice way of putting it. The fan way 
would be Mahomes choked in his Mahomes choke. Period. Eric B enemy choke. Eric B enemy. I can say Eric B enemy choke because execution plays a part. You can call it right play if you don't execute. It is what it is. Didn't they have a double digit lead? Yes. It was up 18 points. It was so, up eight. At what point are we going to blame Steve Spagnolo? I mean, you, you got an 18-point lead in the AFC Conference, Conference Championship game. Well, well uh, with that, I, don't, I can't – it's tough. It's tough with that because when you think of the plays that were made, there were multiple times Burrow kept the drive alive by escaping sacks. So it wasn't like he stopped bringing pressure. And it wasn't like they weren't covered on the back end. It's just he would make somebody miss and then hit him for a big game. And then you know how players get. If, if one player makes the wrong assignment, they start pointing fingers. They start whispering. They start <sighs> getting in their heads. They're going to feel a little too long. They start doubting, and then that snowball effect happens. Yeah, that's, I could say that. I mean, because sometimes they did have the perfect defense. A lot of the big plays were miscommunications and uh, um, being lazy on the back end in the secondary. Like, you see Matthews, he got a, his person covered, but then he think he got a sack. Oh, Chase, he run a different route. Oh, explosive play here, explosive play there. But I think the game turned when uh, Patrick Mahomes threw that first pick. I mean, if you don't throw the pick and you find a way to get a first down or don't get a first down, you go three and out. You take more time. They had to go down the field. You get your, t- your defense time to adjust. Right there, they just seemed like they were shell-shocked and they just couldn't adjust after that pick. And they just lost. I think they messed up with the um... – their last play of half before halftime. When can when Cincinnati stopped Kansas City on that drive, that killed all momentum that that Kansas City built up to that point, and gave Cincinnati all the confidence they needed to get through the rest of that game. We only give up three points. I mean, for the past like Mahomes, he was like what thirteen of sixteen for three hundred yards and. Three touchdowns in the first half? Is that accurate? Yeah. I don't think he, he only had three incompletions. <laughs> he only had three incompletions. It was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Hmm. And they got so, nothing. So do you what changed from from Kansas City's point? Did their uh approach change or did Cincinnati do a better job of taking away what Kansas City does best? I think Cincinnati's halftime adjustments was the difference. They found ways. They they looked at the film and modified a few routes to um, hit on big plays to to expose you know the weakness in the coverage that Kansas City was run running, and then defensively, I think they they just said let's not be scared. They played more man coverage in the second half. And because of it, you know, they, they was a little more physical with the receivers. Um, they started to win up front in the trenches. And that's 
they like, bro, we stopped them. We've been here before. We beat them. We like, come on, man. Let's let's not be so passive and giving them, you know, because it looked like a seven on seven clinic in the first half. Yeah, that's where the that's where the biggest adjustment happened. Averaging six yards a carry, and one was averaging five yards a carry. And I'm trying to understand how you play man coverage and you cover those guys in man coverage, and you and and you did they abandon the run? I'm trying to figure out how you can. Two more, okay, two more, table one. Don't do that. Don't don't do this right now. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it don't out. Don't do this because I'm trying. I, I I was trying to keep my comment. That might get me canceled away, but you you tr- you you forcing it. <laughs> I think oh, a lot of things too. But, uh, all I'm saying, ahead, ahead, I get it. All up, Taylor, thanks for saying it. I love black coaches. I want everybody to get a black coach. Airbnb enemy consistently shows why he ain't getting no job. How many times have we said this in the Kansas City loss? Even the Kansas City wins. Why did they abandon the run? Where this happened? Why why they go away from this? Why they couldn't adjust to that? Well, it's Black been consistent. We're not going to do this. What's me? We ain't going to do it. Call us back. We do it with Greg. Hold up. I seen somebody say that was a Greg Roman call right there. And Andy, Andy consistently tells us Eric Bieniemy calls the plays because Andy want him to get a job. We want him to get a job, but if we if if we see if we see the same flaws that we can point out in other coaches, hey, I I'm gonna do it for my own. I'm not saying that that's not a flaw. I'm not saying that. Now I'm saying, saying like, that's why he's not getting a job. No, I remember it, it, somebody that was up 28 to 3 that abandoned the run and got to be the head coach of San Francisco the very right, next year. Right. It's it's we understand it's deeper than that. It's we understand it's deeper than that. But I think Taywan mentioned it like I seen somewhere we had a conversation um outside of social media, and he said um the issue with, with some black coaches is we put ourselves in positions to lose. Yeah. So, Eric B. Enemy, knowing it's so hard to get an opportunity, like, you hear his stuff about he's a bad interview, he's this and that, and then when you get to the X's and O's of it and start breaking it down, you really wonder how much of it is Patrick Mahomes, is the success of the team because of Mahomes, you have the fastest man in the league and an all-world tight end. How much of it is because of that? Because you look at the X's and O's of it, he, he does has the same flaws as everybody else. Nothing stands out. Like I, I get it. They make us do more. They make us do more to earn our spots, and it's unfair. But he had performances like this. Like, bro, you playing into their hands. Josh McDaniels just entered the chat. What's up, Josh? Uh, another thing, I mean, I don't all the blame on um, Eric Bannon, but I do put some of the, some, some more Blame on on Patrick Mahomes. It was some throws oh, yeah. that should have been made, or some reads. Even the one before uh, when they settled for a field goal for the touchdown. If you look and you go back to on the back end, I'm throwing it to, to uh, Tyreek. I mean, uh, not Tyreek. Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey's Kelsey is open. Kelsey's open. But I understand you get 
you start to get jittery. You you was off. He was off in a lot of part of that game. And then, so, that's why I said earlier, execute like you can have the perfect play call on offense and defense, but if you don't execute, it makes everybody look bad. Yeah, but what, that what offensive line didn't help the situation too. Yeah, what I understand about Mahomes is what was going through his head that he didn't think he could beat the defensive end around the corner to get four yards and keep the drive alive. <laughs> like he was starting to run outside. So you know what? Nah, let me go spin around this way. Like, bro, what are you doing? Take the four yards and get out of bounds. Like, come on. It's like some Russell Wilson shit to me. Is it possible that, and people don't want to believe this about great players or good players, that they can get punch drunk. And once you start getting hit, then you start to see, like, even on the, the interception that he threw to the lineman, right? You can see him start to cower when the pressure starts to come towards him a little bit. And once you start getting hit a lot, your mind goes off of reads. Your mind goes off of what other plays can I can make. And your mind starts to go on how close are they to me? And am I going to get hit on this throw? And on that interception that he threw to the lineman, it literally looks like he's cowering as he's throwing it instead of staying fundamentally sound, standing strong, and making the throw. And I think that's what we what we saw about. When you say him being off, that's a way of being off. Yeah. Everybody yeah. laughed at Sam Darnold when he was like, oh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. But that is a real thing. Like, when you got these these guys running from 4.5 to 4.9s, and they're 300 pounds, and they're coming after you like that, and you keep getting hit consistently, that is a legit thing. Same thing we said about Lamar early in the year when Villanova would set him out the pasture. So it's a legit thing. And I, I think Mahomes, like you said, Cincinnati started to win that battle in the second half up front. So that could be a legit thing that he faced. And, and I don't know if it was him, you know, may, maybe he was in his own head with the with the um, the decision at the end of the first half where I was talking about. How how did they get points? He decided to throw it to Kel, to throw it to um Tyree instead of just throwing it at his feet or whatever. Getting three, maybe he was in his head and trying to do too much. Maybe he was punch drunk because he wasn't taking he wasn't reading the field. It seemed like, or he was late reading the field mm-hmm. on the play where he threw the pick. Ain't no way he's gonna throw it there. If anything, Miko Harmon was your outlet to your left. Just throw it to Miko. Let him get three yards. Mm-hmm. Because it was nothing but bagels. It was like three bagels jerseys right there. And then um, number 11 was behind him. Like, get. It was crazy to watch. But, I, I, I mean, overall, I enjoyed the game. Just from a, a fan of it. Welcome, <laughs> So, second game. I heard what you just said, John, and I, I appreciate it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rams beat the Niners. What's what's? I don't understand the 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 hate for Matthew Stafford. I don't think it's necessarily hate for Matthew Stafford. I want to say, well, you're right. Not hate, but. Why people feel as though he's not a good quarterback? 
I can't say what I want to say if I was sounding like a racist, but I'm just going to let that shit ride. Matthew Stafford but, but is... That, no, that's not... But I don't think that would be accurate because they would say Tom Brady's a great quarterback. They would say Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. They would say Breeze, Roethlisberger, anybody that's white that was great, they would admit it. But with somebody like him, like, why, why can't you see he's a, a talented quarterback? A really talented quarterback. I mean, it's the – I think Tay said it last time when we was um, we was all on the live together. Bad organizations. And he never had – he had, what, one 1,000-yard one rusher? Oh, God. His whole time in Detroit. And Reggie Bush got like 1,003 yards that, that time. So he never had the talent around him. So he trying to carry everything. When he's trying to carry everything, that means he's going to do too much. So he's going to try to force these throws here. Right, I get what you're saying. What they got to do with your eyes, though? That's what people saw was him. One, first off, you got to understand, people don't understand what they're watching. It's too many people on the field, I guess, or something, for people to not see all 22 people to understand what the, what the quarterback is supposed to be doing. It's a very simple game, but it's a hard game to, to dissect for a lot of people. All right, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I don't hate Matthew Stafford. I do hate the love that he's getting now. Like, it's irritating me. Like, I, I, I will – it's irritating me. I can't, I can't front. It's irritating me because I feel like like he, he had one successful season and now everybody, oh, he's the best. He's the next thing since sliced bread. Like, you can't discredit everything up until now just because you're doing great now, like you got to show that consistently. And I think he's shown it the last couple of weeks, but even during the season, he was inconsistent. I was about to say so he's still showing inconsistencies and trying to do too much this year. So I don't, anybody, oh, Matthew Stafford, I told you guys he was great. Are you, you saying, oh, okay, he hasn't proven anything yet. He's won an NFC championship with a lot of great players. But he looked mediocre in times. He looked mediocre a lot of times. And that's so just you what Okay. All I'm going to say is this. We didn't see Matthew Stafford with a good team, not a great team, and he didn't did some horrible shit. That's a gunslinger mentality. You're going to see some good throws. You're going to see some – the fuck was that? And you didn't see him yeah. average talent around him, and he looked like a gunslinger. But then when you see him with Megatron or you see him with Cooper Cup, when you got good talent around him, you like, oh, shit, that's what I've been seeing all my life. No, the fuck it ain't. I mean, it's just <laughs> a typical quarterback when he gets off his line, he gets the weapons that he needs. Oh, my God, he's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, no, we just seen all the matches, good, bad, and ugly. It's just what, what you expect. You've seen all of it. Isn't, isn't that 99% of – Quarterbacks, what you just no. said? No. Yes. Yeah. That's You've seen a good, bad, and ugly of every quarterback this year. Yes, that's ninety nine percent of quarterbacks. You say you just say if you give them a good line, you give them a good receivers, you give them good. Of course, no, they will perform. No, no, everything no, is good. good receivers. Is, is Cooper Cup good receiver? Is Megatron a good receiver? Or you are great? No, no, no. They he's a great. Cooper's receiver. good. Thank you. Mega is all all time great. Count. Right, but 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 we we're saying. <laughs> I make your point. We're saying make your point for for Matthew Stafford. Love. 
No, like, like if I have no problem saying the man is is good at what he does, I just don't understand how I think I think what gets lost. Everybody believes it was Calvin Johnson or bust for him, but somehow in Detroit it was. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because you still got to put up yards. Like he, all 5,000 yards ain't go to Calvin Johnson. He had about half of it, though. Calvin Johnson never had 2,000 yards in the season. One season he had 1,900 yards. Other than that, it's so like know, 14. It's like so you 13. don't believe Megatron played a part in that 5,000? Taking away coverage? I get it, but you still got to make the throws. Even with bad offensive linemen, with no running game, with 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 an organization that that consistently sets you up to fail, with an organization that the year you finally get a a, a formidable defense and you get a coach that goes what a nine and seven or ten and six in the playoffs, and then you dismantle the whole team and the coach. Talking about yeah, we're going in a different direction. Oh, you want to keep losing? All of that going on, he still found the way to be somewhat successful. Here's the thing. I'm saying. I think people we see Matthew Stafford has been my fault, John. Go ahead. Matthew Stafford has been this year what he's been in Detroit at his best and at his worst. He did lead the league in what pick sixes. That's that's him at his worst in LA and in Detroit. But he'll throw dumbass throws. He's done that his whole career. The difference is he's getting more love now because he's actually with a coach that has a good offensive system. Come on, this offensive system took Jared Goff to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, but okay. Even with this system, he still hasn't, <laughs> he still ain't played his best year. Agreed. His best, his best season is still in Detroit, even with this system. And it wasn't the year Calvin had 1,900 yards. That's my thing. His 5K season, right? Right. 5K, 41 touchdowns, 16 picks. This year he had 48. He had 4,800 yards, 41 touchdowns, 17 picks. He been over over 4,800 yards three times in his career. He been over 4,500 yards. One, two, three. Four times in his career, three. And this, this is like, like three times in, uh, in whatever, whatever that place is called, Detroit. Detroit. Right. So I'm saying but he could, don't he tell could, the whole story. It they doesn't. Don't. No, no, it don't tell the whole story of team success. I'm just saying the man is. They don't is tell talented. the whole story of individual success either. I mean, because right. during those times, the he's probably throwing maybe 15 more attempts a game. Than every other quarterback in the league because the Detroit's always behind, and that's team success. And but that's also because also his he's success, behind by throwing in, um throwing interceptions and stuff. Yeah, but okay, okay. So I mean, you okay, can't. I get what you're saying. He's a that's good the same thing I say about out the older, the new and improved Ravens offense. Yeah, they ranked higher, but stats don't tell the whole story. Because if Stats told the whole story, I mean, these guys, Dan Marino would be what? The best 
the best quarterback ever. Like, I mean, because of his 5,000-yard seasons, or Drew Brees because of his 5,000-yard seasons. But it don't tell a whole mm-hmm. story. I get it. I ain't, you ain't got no, you're gonna get no argument from Adam I, I agree. I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just <laughs> it's just it's just weird. Like, man, let like if the man needs some love, get the man some love. If anything, the man survived Detroit. He he gets love just for that. Let me just say this. I thought Matt Stafford played exceptionally well in that fourth quarter of that game. I'm talking about first of all, that throw and that slant route the Cooper Cup is lit. It's very rare, even in the NFL, that you see a slant route thrown so perfectly that the receiver doesn't break stride at all, like at all. And he that it was a tight window throw, and most of the mm-hmm. throws he made in that game, even even the then they ran cover two, the throw to Odell Beckham where he got targeted, the dig in the middle a- of the field. That's a great throw. No, I'm talking the one down the sideline. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a great yeah. throw. Right before the safety gets there and you protect your player enough to be able, for him to be able to get down, he's yeah. not supposed to get hit there. That's just what it is. It's, it's a great protected throw. But I thought he played exceptionally well in the fourth quarter. I just – I still, even to this point, with him going to the Super Bowl, do, I don't, I'm not going to believe in it until – it has. Like, so he wins. Like yeah, but that's a, to me, that's a team thing. But him winning the Super Bowl, I'm about to say, still not going to submit him as a top kid back to me. Like, consistency is what it's going to, what it's going to take. Are you in front of a fan? No, it's uh, oh. I'm the woman again from NFL Network. I don't know who she is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, who is that woman? Uh, <laughs> I had to whisper that. Wait, hold up. I want to clarify something. You said top tier. Like, what do you mean? A top tier quarterback in the league. Top like, 10? Oh. Top 10 or tier? Top tier. So, no, I mean, I would. I don't think no one puts them as top tier. When I think top tier, I think two or three people. Right. I don't think nobody put them there. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think you can add or take away that statement. He's a good so quarterback. I think as fans, I think that's the thing that uh, with, with so many disagreements come in with people because nobody has the same criteria for certain things. You know what I mean? What qualifies you as a top-tier quarterback? Uh, you know, what, and so on and so on and so on. That's what I think needs to be established before you start making these type of arguments because yeah, you can't really say and you're not going to ever agree on it unless you have the same type of criteria. Right. I don't think it's meant to ever be agreed upon. I agree with that as well. Well, well, it depends. Because well, I, I get what you're saying, but I also get what Taewon's saying. Like, 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 which, like, what's the What's the, the, the criteria for top tier quarterbacks? Like in my mind, I think consistency. I wouldn't even, no, I wouldn't, I even, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say team success because that that depends on everybody else. On the you know the, the rest of the 21 players. But just consistency you. at your craft, that's what I would consider top tier. But they're like as it stands right now, right? 
Oh, actually, let's let's take their MVP seasons. Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Their MVP seasons. Right? Pat Mahomes, his second year in the league was 5,000 yards, 55 touchdowns, and limited interceptions. Right? Okay. That's top tier of the league. Lamar didn't even cross 4,000. But he added his legs. That's top tier. So I'm never going to put them comparable to say, oh, you got to throw for such and such amount of yards because that's not what LJ adds. Yeah, no, but, can I say, oh, Pat got to run for so many yards because that's not what he adds. I, I get what you're saying. I I don't like the 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 uh the analogy though because you took MVP seasons instead of taking just the season each year. But what I'm saying is that's how you can tell. Like, you can't tell me an MVP is not top tier. That's that's rare air. That season is top tier. No, no, that that's that's what it is. That season is top tier. That season is top tier. You can't, you you can't, <laughs> like this ain't the end of your career. Why are you in it? You can't get brownie points of something you did years ago and you still in it. Well, then you can't compare any quarterback then that's playing right now, right? No, and you said no. you can't get brownie points for why you're still in it. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is. The consistency is why is why I believe it's how you should judge top tier quarterbacks. Being consistent, but whatever their consistent numbers is, huh? Like they're consistent numbers or hitting a certain number consistently, or it's, it's not even numbers at all. It's not. It's not even numbers. It's play. Gotcha. Okay, I can see that because Aaron Rodgers is, is a consistent quarterback. If you look at Aaron Rodgers' years, he ain't win a Super Bowl in how many years? Twelve years? About eleven. Yeah. But if you look at him, his team is all when he's healthy, his team is always there. He's always putting his teams in position to win mm. consistently every single year, every single week. That's a top tier quarterback. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Tom Brady, top tier. Ain't got nothing to do with the rings, just consistent play. That's what I'm saying. But do you consider Russell Westbrook's play consistent? Russell Westbrook no. or Russell Wilson? My bad. I mean, I, I like to throw a little hate in there. My bad. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Catch y'all up. Don't even get me started on Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, but I meant Russell Wilson. I'm sorry. Russell Wilson is Russell Westbrook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not, nah, yeah. No, Russell not Wilson is Russell Westbrook. Not going to be Russell Wilson like that. Oh, man. Well, and no, let me clarify, because I'm the only person in that, that loves Russell Westbrook. Like, I take it for what it is, the good, bad, ugly. I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook. I take the same thing for Russell Wilson. Like, he, like there's, there's times within the exact same game, he has to do it all to keep his team in it every week. But within that same game, he'll lose it. Now, is he losing it because he's running for his life? Or I mean, what, he... whatever excuse we make, he's running for his life. Or or there's times when he don't have to run for his life. He still chooses to do it. He see ghosts. 
Right. Like, so that rest, ain't nobody there. Relax. If you got 25 <laughs> dropbacks and you hit on 15 of those dropbacks, you're going to run for your damn life. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, for Westbrook, it's like there's games where he'll put up 30 and a half and ain't nobody do it since Kobe. And then the next night, he can't hit. He can't hit nothing. But mm. but but the but what's going to be consistent in both of them, bad game or good game, they gonna give their all. Mhm. That's a good idea. That's a good well, idea. Uh, that's a good idea for a couple posts to figure out who who matches up with this person, NFL for. Uh, NBA as far as who they are on the field on the court. It's tough. It's two different sports, but... It's tough, but, but when you talk about consistency, uh, the way they play the game, stuff like that, and things like that, inconsistency, which is the, the comparison Herb is making between Russell Westbrook and Russell Wilson, you could go and draw that comparison. I don't agree with her, but I do see what he's saying. That's because I just think Russell Wilson ain't got a shot in hell while he's still. Hey, man, what? Oh, boy. If anybody want to talk about why coaches still got a job. But you preach it to one. the choir. You preach it to the choir. Bruh. <laughs> Who is that? You, it, I mean, you can be 80 and white in like, Seattle. Bruh, why he still coaching? Let that Who was this? I'm sorry, I, I was on doubt. Pete Carroll, like, why is he still? Like, uh-huh. Come on, got to be 95. Yeah, he has been slick man. He's young, 83 though. He's little spry, 83. <laughs> he got a lot of energy for it, old bro. All I'm I saying hope. is, there's a lot of coaches get the coaches are getting younger. <laughs> he might. It's about time they had to push him out. It is time for him, but like he's such. Never mind. Go ahead. We're not even gonna go there. Oh no, no, go ahead. He's such I'm about to say he's he's trapped in a offensive division and his offense is so trapped in the back of the times that is crazy. And that's his fault. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's exactly why he gotta saying. go. <laughs> I agree. With I that. agree with you. I agree with that point. Hey, bruh. Like you got McVay, you got Kingsbury, you got Shanahan innovating. And you still sit here trying to run 32 dives. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so with, with that, Al, Shanahan innovating, the last drive of that game was putrid. It seemed like they had no type of attack plan or you knew – that, they, that the Rams were going to pin their, t- their ears back and come after Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, they had no... I think that's no, what it was. For that. Like, I mean, no screenplay, no no getting a playmaker out into your your, your players' hands early, uh, let them make plays w- with their feet. It seemed like they were just content with drop dropping back and just hoping that your offensive line can make those blocks. But you cannot consistently do that against two of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history, no matter how old they are. Not to mention 
I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face. Raheem Morris stunt may be the the greatest stunts in the history as far as timing and execution. The way they execute stunts is impeccable to me. Like I just watch the stunts are so simple, but they execute it so well. And it consistently does that no matter who the offensive line is, they consistently get it get home on that. So I mean, you knew that they was gonna do that though. So I gotta call Kyle Shanahan out on that last drive and say, what was the thought process? And Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he didn't have a damn clue. I was about to say, I mean, not necessarily to take the heat off of Kyle, because yeah, there was some stuff that was drawing up that was like, no. But I think that drive was to get the ball out of Jimmy's hands as fast as possible. And he couldn't think with that blitz in his face. Mm. So, like, the pass that got picked off, that got the end of the game, that went right through the running back's hands. And it was supposed to get out there quick, but he had Aaron Donald on him. Aaron Donald was literally tackling him while he tried to throw the ball. A couple of plays before, like, like, he completed passes behind the line of scrimmage. Like, why are you throwing the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage? But, But to that point, that's bad play design. If you, if your outlet is behind the line of scrimmage, whatever he drew up the on the other, he just didn't have the the other outlet that was going down. I'm quite sure it was a couple deep outlets. It just no, well, I got the blitz in my face. I'm gonna get the ball out of my hand. No, and throw it to him that's what I'm saying. Five yards right next to me. That's why that's I say it's true. bad play design. Like even even in this, that's bad play. It's a compound thing. It's a bad play design, and <laughs> it's bad on the quarterback for not realizing. Hold up. I ain't gonna have time to get to these reads. If, if it's if it's all deep, Ross, I ain't got the time to get to this. Let me check Correct. out of this. We literally just said the same thing. <laughs> no, no, so I'm saying I'm just I'm agreeing with you. It's a compound <laughs> thing. So, but if, if the it's the great Kyle Shanahan can't can scheme up for an outlet to get positive yards and be ahead of the line of scrimmage, like come on, bro. Well, that's like, the you gotta be better in those moments, and that's that's part of the reason why. He was he's he's still he's the great man who still hasn't won. He up 28 to 3 and couldn't figure out how to win. You go to the Super well, he did Bowl it in the first half. What you asking him to do? He did it in the first half. What's that linebacker? 51. What is his name? Reader? Reader. Or, no. Bruh, they had him. He looked so bad up until that point. Mm-hmm. Trying to cover those backs out of the backfield. So to me. That's where you attack. That's your mismatch. But like you, y'all said, Al mentioned it. You cannot have your running back behind the line of scrimmage, and you you playing it to read his hands. Now he get to come forward and make the play. You got to get him out in space, what they did, which they did the first half, and let him create and get a drive started. They never even got the drive started. Do you think he um, just off that thought alone? The, the game within the game between the coaches, you think Raheem Morris got in his head because his stunts was winning so well? The pressure was getting there so well, he thinking I got to keep the running back close to block and release? I would have to go back and look because I was so focused on what was about to happen up front because I knew what was about to happen. I knew they was going to get stunt, stunt, stunt off the break for the first three. I knew it. So... Um, 
so I, I knew that was about to happen. So when it, it it came down to it, that's all I was looking at. I don't even know what they were what covers they were in on the back end. It, it, it probably was four. When you think about it, he he had to anticipate something deep and run four and and drop those backers and give up what what I was underneath. How many defenses do that in those situations, right? Right. So if if I go back and look at it, then I could say, you know, Raheem Morris, I think the game plan up front was immaculate. Immaculate. The third down, I don't think they did a they did a stunt. What happened is Aaron Donald and his greatness decided to take inside leverage on a guard who mm. obviously overset outside. And first of all, y'all got to realize I'm a I'm a fan fan like of 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 Aaron Donald and just watching his mind when he pass rushes and the, the fact that he does stuff that nobody else can do. Nobody else can take an inside pressure and still maintain outside leverage, if that makes sense. <laughs> he took an inside path and maintained outside leverage. Nobody else is quick enough to do that. Nobody. He's, he's a creative player. I love Aaron Donald. It, well, watching this dude play is just ridiculous. Yo, and not, not only is he a creative player, he's the total opposite of the prototype they, they want at that position. <laughs> right. He's too small to play there. Too short, too small. Like, oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> That's the same thing with Reggie White, though. Right. Think of the balls you got to have for that moment to say, no. Everything on the line, trip to the Super Bowl, I'm taking inside leverage, and, a, and I'm going to allow him outside leverage on a wide nine rush. The guy the guy was in a, a, a wide nine technique next to him. You know that how big that gap is between the guard and the tackle on a wide nine? Crazy. He took inside leverage and still maintained outside contain. <laughs> Excuse me. Doesn't make sense. Right. Doesn't make sense. The ball in that situation is like, I mean, first of all, you can't blame the guard. Who the hell think he can take it inside? <laughs> that's hey, T, that's when he comes to the sideline. You just look at him. Hold on, look, look at each other. Like you know what? I understand. Yeah, good. Right. Bro, like coach, I blink. I blink, coaches. I blink. He was already passing. Bro, you got you watch. You go back home and watch that film as an old lineman and be like, motherfucker, I can't even believe he would even have the odd. He would be <laughs> audacious enough. Audacious <laughs> enough. Audacious. <laughs> he would be audacious <laughs> enough to take inside, bro. Come on. Right. That's Aaron Donald, man. Fearless. Bold. <laughs> like, God. Jeez, bro. It's just mind-boggling me, man. It's mind-boggling and it's stuff that we probably won't ever see again. Ever. Who We'll never see another Aaron Donald, probably. No. It's just crazy. So, let's let's move on. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, as expected, the turnover as far as coachings. So, we have Josh McDaniels. He gets the, the Vegas job. Um, they also hired um, Dave uh, Ziegler. Ziegler. GM, Ziegler, whatever. The yeah, Zig, um, he, he came over from the Patriots. He's now mm-hmm. the GM there. Brian Dabo um, leaves Buffalo, and he becomes the head coach in New York for Giants. the Giants. 
Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett is now the head coach in Denver as he leaves mm-hmm. the um, Packers. Yeah. Matt Eberfluss is the head coach in Chicago. And there are still one, two, three, four, damn, <laughs> five head coaching jobs still available. Oh, Sean Payton. Yes. New Orleans is available, Jacksonville, Houston, Miami, and Minnesota. So, I forgot all about what's right. What's what's the most attractive destination for a head coach right now? Or should actually, I wouldn't say that because it's different things would attract them. Um, look at those five teams, and ironically, not well, yeah, not ironically, but all tip, yeah, it's typical. All five missed the playoffs. Which one of those situations will turn it around immediately? Are the five that's still open? Let me Jameis, ask you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Al. I was saying, is Jameis still in under contract? Jameis a free agent. Free agent. So it Miami's still available, right? Correct. Yeah. Miami has three first round picks, right? No. Who has got three, three first round picks? Eagles. Philly. Eagles got three first round picks. Okay. But they got a coach. Yes. Um ah. the Vikings, in my opinion, have to be the have to be the the most uh, ready, playoff ready. The the most playoff ready. Like in if you come in with the right system and stuff like that, they, they gotta be the most appealing out of they, all of them. They just hired a uh, GM and um Kwaisi. I ain't gonna play around with his last name. Yeah. Kwaisi, yeah, you're right. What up, Sadie? So you got you got a legit solid quarterback there already. You got a young quarterback who has no experience already. You have one of the best running backs in the game in Dalvin Cook. You have one of the best position um, possession wide receivers in the game in Adam, Adam Thielen. You have arguably one of the best uh, up-and-coming wide receivers in the game in Justin Jefferson. And not to mention you have solid veteran defensive players up front and on the back end. And you still got draft picks, and you still got free agency. It's tough to beat that. It's tough to be stepping into that with your system and saying this is how we moving forward and not be successful, especially with Aaron Rodgers potentially on your way out. Talk about, and you got two teams definitely in shambles. One team possibly in shambles or in in rebuild rebuild mode with Aaron Rodgers leaving. It just makes too much sense to, to go to go there. If you, if Matt Flores gets that job, I'm telling you right now. If, if he, I don't. Is it Matt Flores? I don't know. Brian, Brian Flores. If if Flores gets that job, it's tough. To, it's tough to say. It's tough to beat that guy. It's already tough to beat him when you ain't got no offense. Now imagine you having an offense to go with his defensive scheme. It's tough. Well, it 
there's been a lot of candidates that applied, well, that interviewed for that job. Todd Bowles and um, I believe Raheem Morris as well. But I know Todd Bowles for sure had an interview there. So it's been defensive coordinators. It's been offensive guys there. Um, and then just recently, they um, requested to interview Jim Harbaugh for that position. Mm-hmm. And there's history between Jim Harbaugh and the new GM. Because the new GM was at Stanford when Harbaugh was there and actually learned a lot from Jim Harbaugh. So that's something to look into. I know. I know. I know. I hey, I understand, T. <laughs> so we live on um on Clubhouse. Um, we do have people in the room. I don't know if they want to chime in on which one would be the most attractive job out of the five that's still open. You got Minnesota, you have say them, say them again, hurt. My bad. You got Minnesota, the Miami Dolphins. Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, if y'all, y'all want to chime in, go ahead. I'll relay it. I don't know if they can hear y'all or not, but I'll relay it. Um, and, um, the Texans just put in um, a request for Flores to interview with him. Okay. Yeah, which one is the most attractive um, to – to um, which one is the most attractive job? Well, we're just talking about the head coaching positions right now. Yeah, so I'm painting this out anymore. Okay. So say it said New Orleans. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down two different ways. I think if you are a offensive coach, I would go. Miami because they have a defense already in place. So if you have a good defensive coordinator that can sustain where your defense is, and then you as an offensive mind go in there, you can help develop tool even better. So I will go with Miami if you're an offensive coach. If you're a defensive coach, I'm gonna go Minnesota for the same the exact opposite reason. But because time, you have a great offense already, minus I'm not gonna call um cousins great, but he's he's serviceable. The thing about New Orleans is they are like negative 41 billion under the cap or over the cap, rather. <laughs> they ain't tough. got no money. <laughs> but with Miami, it's a package deal. You have to believe in Tua. That's true. true. The GM, you know, got rid of a great coach who didn't. <laughs> who didn't, right. That makes sense. That's true. All right, it's going to be interesting to play out. I see the um, New Orleans have already interviewed Doug Peterson. So, and now... Who, they, who you just looked at Doug Peterson? New Orleans. Now they... Um, Plan on interviewing Flores tomorrow, um, interviewing Aaron Glenn as well. So two defensive guys and Doug Peterson. Sorry. I don't like Doug Peterson. I like Doug Peterson just because he ain't Christian, but 
There's a lot of Christians in the world that, yeah, like, what? No, I'm say, that's all I can give you, Doug. That's it. <laughs> all right, hold on, y'all. Go ahead, Sam. Um, so what do you guys think about the Raiders higher and Chicago's higher? Did we were we about to talk about that or yeah, yeah, we can go there, that's fine. Okay. Um damn it, my mind just went blank. Raiders guy Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, what that guy's name. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm slowly but surely becoming like a car fan. Like, I don't know. He might be my new car so Wentz. I don't know. But I just can't root that guy, root against him right now. And then what was the other team? Chicago. Let me tell you, I don't like the Chicago hiring. Eberflus is what he was. Eberflus is DC. He, he's the he's the defensive coordinator in Chicago, right? No, he's the head coach of Chicago. He was the defensive I mean, coordinator in Indianapolis, right? For the Colts, yeah. right? So, what's one thing that in that Chicago has always been pretty good at? That's defense. Right, you you are setting Chicago up for more. Am I say Chicago? You shutting the fans up for more of the same. That's what I was about to say. You just took the word right out my mouth. I'm like, yo, you got a young quarterback. Get somebody that can coach this guy. Correct, but it's more of the same in Chicago. No, it's nobody there. Is nobody consistently that's going to be that can come in and take him under his wing and say, this is what we're going to run, and we're running it with you. And even just them from an offensive standpoint, at some point, you got to take an offensive standpoint. You have consistency on the defensive side of the football. You do not have it on the offensive side. You got to take that. You got to take that approach. I just don't like the, the hiring. It's more of the same for, for Chicago. I, I think what's, what gets lost with that is um, – the leader aspect of it because just because you specialize in one area of the football field doesn't mean you can't lead a team. You don't, you understand the management, like maybe he's a good manager of players and know how to dictate, you know, command. Maybe that's the case, it, but it's, it's important that he hires a great OC Maybe he does that and give the OC free reigns and the QB coach to develop him. I, I get you know that. What I'm saying? I, I, I completely understand that. But how often does that work out that way? Like, I mean, even, even Mike Tallman, who's considered a great manager and dictator. And he's a defensive coach. He he's a defensive minded coach, right? Defensive back mm-hmm. coach. But, right, but, 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 but then you got to remember, like, we don't know the full pedigree, the full um, resume of Matt Eberfuss. He could have played offense. There's mm-hmm. so many times that offensive players become defensive coordinators because of right. studying the position so long. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think, I think in college, I think Mike Tomlin was a receiver in college. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe. The only time I say that is because. 
Puede ser. Puede ser. Puede ser. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was saying he played center in high school and then at college he played defensive line. I don't know if y'all can hear each other. I'm quite sure you can't hear it. But yeah, he was saying he played center in high school and then when he went to um college, he played defensive line. So that's uh, the point of what you're saying. You kind of go against what you or coach against what you you're, you played, basically. Right. But my point is Mike Tomlin didn't get it right with his offensive coordinator. Uh, selection. So according to everybody in Pittsburgh who's been wanting those guys gone and we, and Lord knows we've seen how that type of manager has worked out here in Baltimore when it comes down to it. How the hell he didn't get it right and they got they they had no losing seasons every offensive mm-hmm. coordinator when it became a head coach. How he didn't get it right? And, well, and they be, be a Hall of Famer. Well they have been clamoring for the OC to go in in Pittsburgh. For the last couple of years, so they've been working for the OC to go since Todd Haley. Like, come on, we can't go off of Pittsburgh. Hey, first first, off, so, so what you saying? Shit for Pittsburgh. So what? So what you confirming is fan bases across the border are like. Yes. No. Well, that's what I'm first off, these niggas cheer for Pittsburgh. They don't know what, what they I'm want. What I'm saying is, if these guys, if these guys were legit, like they like we saying, then they wouldn't be going anywhere. They wouldn't be getting fired. And I'm saying that Chicago has consistently struggled on the offensive side of the football. So yeah. to take a defensive, another defensive approach, to me, just seems repetitive and unproductive. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like to me. So now's um, your time. Now's your time to take over this division. If it's ever time, is now. Yeah, obviously he he like the Raiders higher, but not Chicago. And and then when you factor in Justin Fields, you got to get that right. Like you have to get the quarterback situation right because if you don't, the cycle continues. I agree. He says Tomlin isn't the manager; he calls the defense. I hope that's. I hope they're just outside looking in and not like 100% accurate. Right. Because if Tomlin calls the defense, I understand why Pittsburgh fans want him done. <laughs> well, he just recently started calling the defense. Like, yeah, um, he, the last he go, four or five games. Last yeah. four or five games? Yeah. Yeah, he'll hop in. All right, cool, 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 cool. Because it was, what was it called? Then? Keith Butler, right? One of the coordinator. He was going in after. Um, Oh, he retired. He just retired, right? Keith Butler. Yeah, he retired like he retired like Dean Pease did. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he had that type of retirement. He had a Dean Pease retirement. Yeah, like six months. Mm-hmm. You go to a three-month retirement, boy. I swear. Can I ask you guys this question? I I, I wanted to, to know what are realistic expectations for incoming coaches. Like for if you had if you inherit a zero and seventeen team, what are you, what is the expectations for that? If you inherit a maybe five and twelve team, what's the expectations for that? And if you inherit a nine seven just missed the playoffs team, what is your what are the expectations coming in for 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 that 
for that coach that's coming in? Immediate. It, like, what look, success look like for that? Coach? I mean, if you owe seventeen, if you win a game, nigga, that's success. <laughs> I, I get that. I know. I know it's unfair to answer a question with a question, but what, like, what type of GM am, am I dealing with? Because there's certain GMs have unrealistic expectations. Well, that well, that's my point. Say you have, well, I can't say say you have. Well, what what should constitute that? That's what I'm saying. What should be realistic expectations from a GM and a coach? You get you get what I'm saying. So I'm asking this not from a coach's standpoint. I'm asking this from a GM standpoint. What should a GM be expecting out of a coach that's inheriting that type of team? You understand what I'm saying? So what should a good GM's what should a good GM's expectations be for a coach inheriting those particular teams? I mean, it's going to be patient. I want to say you add in three to four wins to whatever you were. So if you were over 17, a four and 13 team will be success. I mean, it's kind of hard to say four and 13 is success, but it's, it's starting from the bottom. You're literally starting from the bottom. So again, was it a situation where I say, like, I mean, to, to use another sport where the Spurs got the number one pick, where everybody on their team was hurt. Like, we know the Spurs were already good. Mm-hmm. And they got the number one pick to get Tim Duncan because David Robinson was there, you know, whatever, whatever. So are we saying that that's the same type of team? I don't know why you would go 0-17. With no, it. I mean, 0-17 meaning, like, the Jaguars from two years ago, like, right? So mm-hmm. you're saying realistically, if they were to get three to four wins, that next season is a step in the right direction. And for the yeah. five and 12 team, if they become eight and eight and nine, uh, they yeah. now they are successful. Like they it's are hard to say success. I don't think success direction. is the right. I don't think success right. is the right term. Right, so moving in the right you're, direction. You're yeah. walking up the left. Yeah, you're moving the right direction. Yeah, I don't want to say four and 13 is success. That just don't sound like success to me, but yes. Right. It doesn't, but you're trending up. So a 9 and 17, i.e. the Bengals, I'm not the Bengals, the, the Dolphins, a successful next season for them would be a playoff berth and what, what are you saying, 11 and 5, 11 and 6, 12 yeah. and 5? Yeah, 11 and 6. I disagree with that. Okay, well, go ahead. What what, what do you think? I in in that situation, just the Dolphins in general. I wouldn't even say a, um, I wouldn't even put a certain number on it. I would say a playoff berth is would be successful because you ain't you ain't do it. Okay, playoff playoff sure. berth as well as growth within your 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 main piece within your quarterback. Okay. Because if, if we make if we make the playoffs and the quarterback is stagnant, that ain't too much growth. Because I'm still in the same boat. I gotta get another quarterback. Now the reason I'm asking this question is because you guys know how closed minded I am, and how I do not use the word normally use the word success like for anybody. You win it all. You win it all, right? Right. So the reason I'm asking this is because you have to think 
that these are the conversations that's going on in these meetings, in these interviews, and realistically in like the state of the franchise addresses and things like that. Because I'm trying to have an open mind to what y'all are saying to that approach. Because in my opinion, unless like the Bengals and the Rams both are having great years, but somebody's going to be failing in a minute, like in two weeks, somebody's going to fail and have an unsuccessful season, in my opinion, because they didn't win the Super Bowl. But I'm trying to think of it from a different perspective on, on in some of these franchises' cases, but I'm also thinking that's what's hindering the franchises because they're not thinking great. They're thinking smaller. Sorry, I got a couple comments. So uh, John says 0-16 teams should go to 5-11, and 11, change the environment, and be – no. Yeah, 5-11 and 11 and change the environment and be competitive to keep striving for wins like like house money. Nine, seven playoff teams should be a championship team. That would be success. From nine to seven to championship. Ivan says, you're talking about competitive and culture within the organization. As far as what you, the last comment you made, T. Right, Bo. To me, they go hand in hand because competitive and your competitive nature and your culture should be all geared towards winning Super Bowls. But so, so if in that mindset, I would say both teams would be would consider this season a success. It's not the ultimate success of winning it all, so somebody got to lose. But if you look at how these teams are built and how they look to go forward. They're very competitive, and the culture is is wins. Since the Rams um, acquired Sean Payton, I mean not Sean Payton, um, McVay, I think the GM is less need, right? Since I believe so. There, every move he made was to now. Let's win it now, not the future. Mm-hmm. Like Odell, Vaughn, Stafford. You know what I mean? Even even uh-huh. years, Ramsey, even before that, you know what I mean? Like, this whole mindset was, I got to go now. This ain't working, let's go now. So uh-huh. that, that's the mentality that, you, that, that you're alluding to. It's just, if you don't achieve your goal, you got to figure out, all right, that didn't work. For whatever reason, we ain't win the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. It could have been execution on the field. But I did my part. But since since we we in a sport where the cat changes every year and I got to figure ways to 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 build a, a team to get me at least back to where I were that's the hard part mm-hmm. why would so, you be changing the coach at 9 to 7 never mind ain't that flores yes yeah that's flores <laughs> yeah no wait 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 not only 9 to 7 but he won what Eight, like eight straight. Eight of nine. Eight of the last nine, he won. Yeah. One and one. The one meaning is the one that ultimately kept them out of the, the playoffs. When you think about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, there, I made sure I put the Flores situation in there, but I also wanted to get perspective on the other two uh, situations too, because. Again, these have to be conversations that take place 
And if I'm Eric Bieniemy or one of these other teams, I need to know what your expectations of me are. What you, what you, what are you looking for out of me in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years? Because if if, if it's unrealistic, I can't, I can't take this job because mm-hmm. it's just, it's no point in taking this job. It's a suicide. It's and, career suicide. But that's what we talked about earlier, where coaches put themselves in bad situations, knowing possibly that they won't be able to live up to expectations of GMs who come with unrealistic expectations. Ivan says the contract will tell you the expectations. I I think that's accurate to a certain extent. Like, uh, what's the what's the white guy that got that was saying the N word and 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 calling out the gays? Gruden, Gruden, Gruden had ten year a ten year deal. Like that. That screams long term, right? Yeah. Uh, But what's standard? What is standard? A four year deal? You think? Uh, I would say about four or five. It depends on the team, honestly. Right. So three or four. going to be a real. I think it depends on the team. In, in the negotiations of it. Right. If this is a really real want the long coach, term. The coach can say, look, man, this ain't going to work in no four years. If it's a long-term project where you're bringing in GM and coach, they got to build it from the ground up. I'm expecting a longer deal. That's what that's what Gruden took because him and Mayock came in and Gruden and both Gruden and Mayock had to build that that. From the from the ground up, I mean, he started off wrong with Trey and Coop and Khalil Matt, but he still had to build the rest of that team up. Let me ask both of y'all this. Let me get an answer from both of y'all on this. If you are a coach and a GM offers you a two year deal and a four year deal, are you taking it? And what does that tell you as a coach? I got questions during two years. Got a lot of questions, man. The four year, yeah. The, two years, yeah. if I'm got something like one of these four teams I played this weekend. Because right. I can deal. bet on myself that I can make this two year deal last longer than two years. I'm not even considering a two year deal, to be honest. If you're giving me Jacksonville, I'm not taking no damn two year deal. That's career suicide. For me, I don't even care where it's at. I'm not taking a two-year deal because that shows me you're 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 you got one foot in and one foot out. You truly or don't you. believe in me, right? What I can do. So that's not even the thought. Like I, I let I ripped that up the two-year deal, and like I've said, Gruden got a long leash of ten years, and Cully got Cully got a token two-year deal. Well, first of all, Cully should have known that. He, you in Houston, Cully? But, but he knew it. He had, he had to know it. Right, he knew that. He had to he know it. Sixty-something years old with his first head coaching opportunity. I'm taking this. I don't know when I'm gonna get this again. But I'm, but honest, I'm, I'm shocked what? that they want to interview Flores and and uh, what's the other dude, Glenn? Yeah, I'm even. Shocked. I'm like, like you interview me, okay? Like, like one more, man. Come on, like. Be like two year deal ain't gonna cut it for me. 
in that situation. A four-year deal ain't gonna cut it for me in that situation. Especially if I don't like the roster. If if I'm if I'm gonna take this Jets job, let's say the Jets job was open, or or uh, the Jacksonville job, there's no way I can take anything less than a ten-year deal. No way. There's no That's way. Jacksonville ten can... years. First of all, they I don't know about ten years for Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville closer than ten years. But my point is, that I'm not even talking about with the state of the team. I'm talking about the history of the way they treat coaches. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no I way you. I could take anything less than a 10-year deal because if you give me a 10-year deal and you cut me after one, I'm still going to get paid on the back end of, of that. Right. 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 I'm getting a certain amount guaranteed. Right. But you, you have ran through so many coaches and shown your inability to trust the coach to be able to – to take a guy forward, to take the team forward, that you actually have to, you actually have to pay for that now. Like it's coming back to, you know, what I mean, it's like free agency, right? If I know you, on, if I, I know you asking me to come here to just to block as a wide receiver, it's tough for me to sign up to go block as a wide receiver. And that's why I said it's, with with Houston, they gonna have to overpay somebody. Agreed. And that's my point, John. I'm interested to get your take on that. What it is, what it is. So we we trying to we trying to figure out like if you're a low bottom bottom feeding uh, franchise, which most of them most of these are like the Jets and the Jaguars, would you take a two year deal from a GM, or would you think of that as like a slap in the face and demand like what would you demand? What type of deal would you demand as a as a head coach? If oh, for a head coach, yeah. Hmm. First, uh, if I'm a head coach, I need I need uh, full access to my staff. Like I'm picking the staff. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. If I'm only having a two year deal, then um, I need to pick the I need to pick my staff. Um, the second is I need to have a say in some of the draft picks. Is I'm only going to be like at least the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. If I- get the first round or the second round because of the ownership. The GM is like in cahoots. At least I need a, um, a body of the work. Give me round three and on so I can get some type of structure of what type of um, best players is in my system. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, you need a six-year deal. He's a six-year deal. But if I get a six, if I get a six-year deal, I'm, I'm having a totally different conversation. Totally different conversation. But if I'm just on a two-year deal, I need to feel some type of comfortable wiggle room. Like, all right, I know I'm only really here for a year, so let me just have a say in this year in the possible. That's what's that's a two-year deal in the right. possible. And, and so T- I, I need to have a say in just at least a somewhat of a turnover. And, and the reason why I won't even, like, entertain a two-year deal is because, like, what's the point? What's the point? Just to say I was a head coach, right? Like, like, duh, like, no, nah, I'm not leaving uprooting my family just to go to a team. Just you know, oh yeah, I did that for a year. Like, nah, let me keep building where I'm at. If that's the case, until somebody come correct. But you keep mentioning the Jets. The Jets don't have a 
<laughs> coaching vacancy. Robert Sala got a five year deal. And he only yeah, they got one. They got a coaching vacancy. They just don't know it yet. They go, he a bad coach. He, I haven't yeah, watched. He gone, he gone in two years. You you know how the Jets do. Bro, that on, is man. a horrible franchise. Like every time you mention the Jets, no, like, no, 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 then, no. But you got to think. But it's it's new management. It's new management. It's the same as Jets. It's the same owner. It, it ain't. They're I don't. Not. I don't believe it's the same Jets. It's not I, the same Jets. It's new so, management. Uh, he he has that team playing competitive. It's just he needs to have his own structure from now on. Without the ownership and the GM messing everything up, like I was a fan to believe to begin with. But the GM, the new GM, didn't draft Sam Donald. That's what I'm saying. All right, I got drafted, you. The but GM, it's the, re- Zach, the new GM came from. That. Huh? I was just about to say he drafted Zach Wilson, and I think Zach Wilson was. That's who the coach wanted. More like the uh, what's the dude that I drafted first? And the um, Watson in them drafts. Look, he on a two year, he on a two year deal. Don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, he like um, Zach Wilson is equivalent to Mitch Trubisky. Like he had one highlight play, and damn it, that's it. That's the one we're going to do. I, we, we're out thinking everybody. That's the guy we're going to go with. Hey. He reminds me of a, a Johnny Manziel without the craziness because everybody goes off his his workout, his combine, and all that. Yeah. I haven't seen you with a good defense in front of you in college, and you folded. So right. I expect to see this some more. I hope I'm, I'm wrong. That's the key break out of but you know we scout. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. You know we scout, though. And I didn't see it in Zach Wilson at the top pick. They won't say the Muslim man gone in two years, huh? You are. First of all, I was, yeah. First of all, a, a Muslim in New York you are first of all, you already know, and it's the Jets. No, Mm-mm. it just all of that don't even fit well. I don't care. Don't I don't care how long nine eleven been. It just don't fit well, and that's just what it is. Oh man, <laughs> we're gonna be canceled. This <laughs> I'm just saying, like this boy. Yo, my I, dreams I, of, I, of a brand deal. My dreams of, of sponsors are going down the drain as we speak. But go ahead. Herb brought that up, yo. I did not. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just too much. I'm just looking at the toilet flush of my damn dreams of a, of a brand deal for sideline talk. The official voice of like nigga, we y'all ain't gonna be the voice of us talking like that. <laughs> the views of me do not reflect the views of sideline talk. And that was that's not even a view. It was just an observation that all three of those things was at the same place. So that's funny. So um I wanna wanna like talk about the uh the what's it called? What's it called? The the interview with AB and Brandon Marsh. I can't think of the I'm athlete. That's what's called. I'm athlete. I want to talk about that. And the reason I want to bring it up, because I don't know if y'all seen um, floating around social media now, there's a meme, well, there's a picture of Tyrese, Kanye West, and I can't think who the third person was. Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, so how it says, black people, a black man will open up, tell you how they feel, and then we laugh at them. Like, you know, like they don't have a safe space 
to express himself mentally. And then we all, you know, the whole thought process was um, AB had mental health issues. So what was your thoughts on that interview? And did y'all, did y'all see the Brian Gumble one? The uh, Rose Post one yet? Mm-mm. Not fully. I saw some of it. Okay. All right. I gotta watch that. I watched the I Am Athlete with with uh with AB, and my my immediate my immediate thought afterwards was, I understand the way he thinks and why he thinks the way he thinks. I think he his only fault is he's a little closed minded to the way the system is to the way the system is. But I also think he's aware of it in a, in a way. And he's so, he's so comfortable with being him that he doesn't care if the, if the system, if he's not playing by the system, if that makes sense. He, he says at the end of the day, and this is what stuck with me. He said at the end of the day, I can't go by what people think about me. I have to look myself in the mirror and say, did I stand on what I stand on? And he's standing on what he's been, what he grew up through. He's standing on where he comes from. He made a great point. Everybody, everybody ain't, where, ain't from where I'm from. Where I'm from, we do this, 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 and that, this, this, and that. And he's willing to stand on that no matter what it costs him. First of all, I think the whole ordeal is is smart on his behalf to to be – he's going to sue Tampa Bay, and he's going to get paid. They're going to settle, and he's going to get paid because Tampa Bay handled the situation correctly. So to say he's mentally ill is is, is just – I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's too easy to say that. He's not mentally ill. He's very smart. He's very smart and he's very calculated in everything that he does. I would say and intelligent more than smart. It, I think he's smart. I think I think that's to he just because he doesn't do what we would do in certain situations does not make him dumb or not smart. I think anybody who's willing to stand on what they want to stand on, no matter the circumstances, no matter the consequences, you can't call them dumb. They, he knows what he wants to do. He knows what he has to do, and he just does it. But to no me, that would be intelligence. I agree with you. Everything you just said there. But I think that's why he's intelligent, because he knows what he wants to do. Now, is that the best decision? That's what will make us smart, and it's not. And that that's where my issue was. The best decision for who, though? For him, right? Well, well, let's 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 dissect this. Are you are you finished? Because I wanted to go into my soliloquy about it before you. Go. So this is why I didn't like. I'm gonna talk to the app about the the interview, and then I'm gonna talk about how he responded and use where I'm from. All right. So the interview I didn't like. Brandon Marshall interviewing. Because he controlled the interview. AB controlled the interview. And AB had Marshall looking stupid. AB and Swaggy controlled the interview. And both of them, to me, 
were very immature about how they were handling everything. Like everything was like, like they was chilling in the high school classroom. So to me, if you want an interview to go down and this is your name and this is your brand, have it be professional. I know you want it to be like a locker room, but still have it be professional and say what you need to say and not look belittled on your own show. Because they they sitting there laughing at him. And he's like, oh, you, you would have you went up closer on him and all of that stuff. They were laughing at the nigga from, from, on his own interview. <laughs> So my issue on the on the thing was, like I said, he's intelligent. He has the right to behave in a situation how he would. You have the right to do that. I think BA was wrong for going off of what AB said, knowing he was he was hurt and it was like, you know, get the fuck out of here and then do the cutthroat or whatever. He was wrong for that. But two people can be wrong. And I think A.B. was wrong for how he handled it, jumping off the field, making it a show, throwing your throwing your pads, throwing your shirt, throwing your gloves. I thought that was wrong. Like, that's you didn't enter. Like, why was that your reaction? You have the right to react that way. But why was that your reaction? And that, that's that's the type of interview and question that needed to be asked. But he was trying to be buddy buddy with him. So the thing about being smart is this is a pattern for A.B. So, so yes, he getting his bag by suing, but how much of his bag did he leave on the table where he leaves every place the same as that way? And not just the bag that he left, the bag that was supposed to be coming before or after what you just did to fuck up. Because you screwed up and got yourself suspended for a fake Vax card. You didn't need to. You didn't need a fake vast car. For what? Why would you do that? You didn't need it. You got yourself suspended. And you fucked up your, your bonus. Not B.A. B.A. said you had one chance. He gave you three. You fucked that up. I'm done. That's it. Like he just to me he didn't interview enough. That's why I was pissed so off. You didn't get your answer. You didn't understand his answer to why no, he he, he answered that? because this is how he will react, react, how he will respond, and where he's from. You're a grown ass man. We yeah. we all on here from Baltimore City. We know that there's a way that people from Baltimore City handle things, and if we handled every situation, how people or the world views how people from Baltimore City, young black men from Baltimore City handle it, none of us would be here right now. We would be in the box or in the cell. I, I get what you're saying. You never walked off a job before? I have a way of quitting, but it's not going to look bad on me. So you I'm never walked fuck off a job? Never walked right. off a job? Yeah, I walked off a job, but I so never. Basic, all right, so did so basically, on my way out the goddamn job, I never showed right. my ass on the way out. I get what you're saying because it's going to fuck up my future bag. You're never ever going to say that Allen did something to fuck up his bag. You will never ever uh, be able see, in, a, in right. a position to see that. 
So that's that's what that's the that's the difference right there. And that and what I picked up from the interview, everybody said he messed it up with the money. He wasn't concerned about money. Because money ain't the end all be all with him. And he has plenty of it already. Right, he's mentioned his concern, his concern, his thought process was just the principle of the matter and and how he, he carries himself as a man. It, it, it was wrong how he did it, but that's that's his mindset. At the end of the day, I'm going to carry myself as I'm not going to sit there and fake like everything is okay when this man said, get the f- out of here, you're done here. I'm not going to sit there and, 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 and fake pout and act all buddy-buddy and then we get in the locker room, whoop-de-whoop. That was his mindset. Like, oh, well, I'm gone then. Right, I get now, it. He could have he ran off the field with his shirt, you know, on, just went, grab a security guy and ran off and been, and been like, okay, what happened? But that's, that's my point. That was right, my right, thing. Right. I was like, yo, if he just walks off, right? BA yeah. does that, and he just walks off, the issue ain't AB doing jumping jacks on his way out and throwing his ass on his way out. The issue was what caused him to walk off the field? And then we look at BA. You already fucked your bag up by doing that. And I'm not saying bag as in money. I'm saying bag as in reputation, bag as in career, bag as in Hall of Fame, like your status. You your status Antonio is Antonio Brown messed that up already? Yes. See, it, it, the crazy thing with this, I think as a media and as a culture, we put too much emphasis on AB in that situation and not the head coach. No, I say both of them were wrong. No, no, I, I get that. I get that. And we agree. They were wrong. But why isn't the uproar on the head coach more than a B? Ain't no because way AB that you... has a history. No, 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 no. It's a history because it's been it's been publicized. It's a history because your reputation precedes you. I get listen, listen. Uh, listen, I get what you're saying. I agree. But it's been publicized. We talking about the same year that we had we had the head coach tell a grown man and do a the man said he did a gesture. In certain places, that type of gesture is a threat. Right. That's a threat on my life. And then and then a week or so later, he slaps a player on the head. Right. He's so like, why is it why isn't the focus more on him? Than the actual employee who just walked off the job. That's that's because my he didn't thought. Just walk off the job. That's the thing. If he'd have just walked off, the heat would have been on BA no, for no, being no, no. Ow, 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 ow. That's why I disagree. I think that he's gonna be on AB regardless because he walked off, and that's been the like you said, reputation procedure itself. It didn't work out in Tampa, it didn't work out in New England for whatever reason, it didn't work out in Oakland, it didn't work out in Pittsburgh. So the heat always gonna be on AB. But the head coach, meanwhile, is not getting the fire. And he did the more egregious thing in my, in my eyes. It was more egregious. And honestly, I did. think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. I think a, I think B.A. should have a little bit more heat. Or not even a little bit more. He should have more heat on that because how he handled that So situation. you agree with me? You agree B.A. should be? I think he should be equally as culpable as, as A.B. 
But again, the Heat wouldn't be on AB if he handled that situation professionally. When your your history of leaving places is messy and ensuing, that's what expected is oh AB done did it again. Because that's how he how he exited it three other situations. So I don't think the heat was oh out. he did this to Tampa. I think the heat was oh he he doing it again. I just like how black athletes are supposed to treat disrespect and unprofessionalism with professionalism. That's 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 the main thing. And that's the issue. Nobody if you're a grown man, nobody can make you do anything. If you're, you a, do you're a human period, nobody can make you do anything. Well, I, I, you're right, you're a grown man. I give you that. If you're grown. So, like I said, if you are handling a work situation professionally, no matter what, if you come at me unprofessional, that's on you. You did that. I can only control how I react. I can't control. If her were to curse me out right now, I have two options. Just respond back to him and curse him out. Or I can hang up and walk away from it. Right? I have those two options. Herb can't make me curse him back out. <laughs> I choose to do that. So BA ain't make you jump, do jumping jacks and walk off that way. You did that. <laughs> yeah. I get I get what you're saying. We all agree what you're saying, but you didn't answer what Taewon just said. No, he said, why do black athletes have to handle unprofessionalism with professionalism? You didn't I said, because it. you are in control of how you handle everything. So he don't have to handle it unprofessional, but I mean, as professional, you can handle it unprofessionally. So, all right, so uh, wait, 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 can wait, I wait, ask, can wait, I ask a question? Can so I ask a he, question? So if he don't handle it, if he handles it unprofessionally, he risking, he risking what you say the Hall of Fame and whatever, whatever, all these accolades that really don't mean nothing at the end of the day. Right. So, what if a white player handles it unprofessionally? Then what? He goes back to doing what he's doing. Does he? Because you got you got to give me an example. Who was able to do what he did and continue? I don't know. I'm asking. I think if Tom Brady were to handle a situation unprofessionally and did that shit going off the field, it would be heat on Tom Brady. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Like when he broke and he cursed out the um the Saints coach. And he broke the tablet on the sideline. They was like, yo, why are you handling this like a baby? He you know got heat on that. Thanks for reminding me. You know what's unprofessional? They handled it the wrong, like the most unprofessional way. Cheating. Blatantly cheating. Let's say Josh McDaniels, for example. Cheated. You get a head coaching job. After Spygate, right? When mm-hmm. when the team you was on got recti- got, got got penalized for Spygate, you get a head coaching job in Denver. 
And this came from his own player at the time. If you if you need it, go back, watch the I'm athlete with um DJ Williams with uh Shady McCoy. So you're there, you're winning, and you're you're cheating again. You're cheating again. They suspend you, they fine you, whatever, whatever, right? What do you do? Just this week, you get another head coaching job. So in the end, it really ain't penalizing. Oh, you you know what? You broke the rules. You broke the, the competitive rules. You cheated. I'm just going to fine you. And you know what? You can get your job back. A.B. in this situation, no matter how great he is, ain't nobody going to sign him back. I think they will sign him back. Who will sign A.B. now? I think there it's are the teams. Time. There are, like his talent is worth the toleration. So I'm quite sure they will tolerate it. It just Al, won't be tolerated. Al, this is a league. Al, this is a league where 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 wide receivers can come in their first year and put up 1,800 yards on a rookie deal. You think they really gonna pay a 31, 33 year old man who got baggage on a fifth on another team? Come on, man. You know he done. With a pending lawsuit, he done. Right, come on. No matter, and, and, and not if he better than, than half the league anyway. So that's position. I'm t- I, I really want to hear. But a head I'm, coach but, who can cheat blatantly and get 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 another job, yeah. John, Dude, now I want you to add, uh, ask your question one more time for me, so I decipher it. And uh, send it off to you. I said, why is it that black athletes are expected to respond to unprofessionalism and disrespect with professionalism? All right. <clears throat> what is the color of the commissioner? He is a Caucasian. What is the what is the color of the owners? They are Caucasian. Who have shown you that still have the slave mindset, the slave mindset of I'm gonna run the shit the way I want to run. So if I don't like how your attitude is, and you have a track record of your attitude, I'm looking at you as a lover little nigga or you're doing celebrations. I don't care if AB is 100% right and he was wrong about how he does things. There's been a track record of black men in the NFL and, and different sports. If you act a certain way on and off the court while you wearing that shield of the NFL, we're going to treat you as what? Now, there's been known that um, the head coach from Tampa Bay didn't want him in the first place. And who gave him that okay? Was it the GM, the owner, um, with Tom Brady to corner them to to sign sign, uh, Antonio Brown? I'm not sure. Now, I didn't watch the – I didn't watch the interview because – after a while, I feel like, you know, no matter how how right Antonio Brown is, it's starting to feel like it's a um, crybaby pacifying thing with him after a while. Oh, look at me. This is this. Man, shut the fuck up. You're a grown ass man. We know the stacks is against you. Handle your shit. It's other shit. ways how to exploit shit and how to um, get money or get your point across or expose somebody the way it should have been exposed. That's just how I feel as a as a grown man, but I'm not in his shoes, and that's that's everybody has different views. I'm looking at it as a 
you're not really gonna expect change or 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 expect why black men. I mean, look at look at uh the head coach for um what's his name Hugh Jackman. Look how disrespected he got on Hard Knocks. How people had him. How people was questioning him. How people knocked him on, on his philosophy. Oh, his- wanted to run his team. It's all. It's just the players. It's it's, it's from from the players to the head coaches and on whoever uh, staffing me you are. It's just how you got to conduct until you get into the ownership and you can change positions. AB ain't no different. There's no other nigga that, 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 that's going to play for under the NFL. And once certain people realize that and maneuver and then start to change certain things and try to do th- different things within the system, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. I'm not saying AB is right or wrong. I'm just saying he can't expect to motherfuckers him <laughs> when they don't give a fuck about him. Can I rebut to that real quick? Yeah. Let me say this. To Al's, to, to, to answer Al's, uh, to, to respond to Al, Al said that uh, Brandon Marshall was not the correct person to interview him. Al, I completely agree with you. He was just trying to be AB's friend. At, at the end of the day. That's all he was trying to do. Right. Every time it got somewhat serious and tough questions started to be asked, he he backed out a little bit and decided, no, you know, I'm, I'm just going to back out. I'm not really going to answer it. I'm not going to ask him that. Mm-hmm. To John's point, the NFL Players Association, which is supposed to be separate and not included on everything, like with the owners and all that kind of stuff, supposed to take up for the the players, should have been the first one, the first one advocating for Antonio Brown in this instance. Yet mum is the word from them on this instance. That's true. To John's point, nobody... And I mean nobody, no matter what A.B. did. A.B. could have just sat on a bench and, and, and just sat there. No matter what he did, the story after that game, when he was cut, would have been Antonio Brown refuses to go back into the game uh, and refuses to play, whatever the case may be, just like they tried to spin it. Nope, they never mentioned anything about an injury. What was that narrative? A.B. refuses to go back into the game. That's that would have been the story that they try to spun, spin no matter what AB had to did. And to John's point, AB's in a lose lose situation. He sits there, he loses. He walks off, he loses. Because just like the owners run everything, the commissioner, the commissioner's white, they run everything. The owners are white, they run everything. No matter how hip Kango Wham, Bruce Arians, you think he is, he's still Caucasian. And he's still running that team. And he treated A.B. like a little boy in that instance. And to Perb's point, first of all, he's lucky he didn't get punched. Immediately. He's lucky he didn't get spree-willed. Immediately. Because if we, if, if I thought he did handle it professionally, because he could have hit him. If we if we keep it in a buck, y- y'all say, well, what people from Baltimore would have did, Baltimore would have teed off with him. And y'all know that. Quickly. Y'all know that. And where he's from, they probably would have teed off on him. Right. 
Only thing I, I disagree with said that too. <laughs> only thing I disagree with John is John was talking about how he everywhere talking right now. And I think even I think even um what's the light skin do uh Jared Odrick on the interview alluded to this. He's like, oh well, why you ain't do this and have a, why you ain't talk to the press is what Brian Marshall said. And Jared Audrey was like, this is him, this is his press conference. Press. Right. This is his press conference. This is where he feels comfortable enough to be able to tell his side of the story. So I'm not mad at him telling his side of the story now. I'm not mad at the way he approached it. I just think now if he if he punch uh, Bruce Arians and knock him out, now is oh, is A B this and A B that. Which is going to be no matter what he does, like I said. Well, either way, that was he was already <laughs> he was already stacked against him because if you if you look at the corporation NFL and all the white owners, they can sit back and look and they look at their teams. You'd be like, "All right, well, shit, we got all our favorite quarterbacks that we love, but we don't really fuck with you, but you're productive, so we're gonna let you slide." And then we got, oh, we we gave you a black uh, a coach. What happened there? Oh, we gave you a a, a good uh, Derek Carr. What happened there? Is they he he was stacked against him regardless before a lot of shit was going against him. So attitude or not, uh, antics or not, he was like he was gonna lose lose regardless. I got you. Well, like I said, there was a couple of questions that I wanted asked, and like Kay said in agreement, Brandon Marshall just did not control the interview enough. Like I want to know what Mike Evans said. Well, Mike, we saw Mike Evans come over to you. What, what was what was that conversation about? What what did y'all have if it was the injuries? Did you did, when did you reaggravate? Did you reaggravate it when you got those ten targets in Carolina when they tried to force feed you the ball then, or did you reaggravate that game? Like when was the reaggravation? You knew BA didn't want you here. Why would you resign? If you're not worried about the bed, like there's a couple of questions that you need to ask if you're an interviewer and you're doing this interview, you need to have those prepped and ready. You can't let AB control the interview because then you're not you're not doing him a favor. Do you think he had a certain line of questions that he said that he wouldn't answer before he stepped on? You know, that's how certain people do certain things. I, I think AB asserted dominance over that whole situation when he was three and a half hours late. Yeah. <laughs> Once you show up three and a half hours late and you know everybody waiting on you because you are the show, I mean, it is what it is. It's going to be my way. And I'm not mad at that. He's going to spin it. It's going to be his way or no way. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Also, another question. What did Tom Brady have to do with this? Why? Why? Why were you attacking Tom Brady? Like, there's a couple of questions that was left out for AB to control certain narratives that people can't, oh, he, he only doing this because of this. Like, he you see what I'm saying? There's a couple of questions that he could have cleared up his own narrative about. He cleared up the, the thing with Tom Brady. He, he mentioned that, you know, he, he didn't have anything against Tom and, and, and you know, he was appreciative of Tom, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he also let 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 it be known, and which is true. He said, "Hey, he said, yeah, I, I got to play with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady got to play with me too." Pause. Uh, 
I got you. I just, again, I didn't like that interview because of how it was conducted. I, I don't disagree with AB. I just think he, I think both people handled that situation wrong. That's all. Roland said, uh, we all we all handle things differently. AB and Ben had beef because Ben kept calling players out on his radio show. AB was accused of sexual assault, suspended by the league, and told to be quiet. AB was insulted by a head coach who made it clear he didn't want him on the team. And then a season later told him to get the F off the field because he didn't want, want to play injured. The media wants to pay, paint AB as a nut because people care about money more than respect and can't understand why AB does it. AB track record is longer than a CVS receipt. We won't be there all day trying to go down that man that ran rushes. I get what you're saying, but you know what else is long as CVS receipt too? His bank account. So (laughs) respect is what he values more. Then why did you resign and be put back in that situation where he already disrespected you when you signed? Because he loved football, I guess. And that's and it, like he's, I think, and then he mentioned that to get another Super Bowl. So they don't have a chance in Green Bay. They have a chance in Dallas. They have a chance no. in San Francisco. Why would you they have why? a chance in Buffalo? They have a chance in LA. Then you don't have a chance in who else is going to the Super Bowl? Cincinnati. Like you don't I have mean, a chance. I mean, like there's other teams. Oh, oh, but if they ain't calling, then what? If there's only one team calling, that's what you got to answer. You just said my respect, and then Brad. I pay my respect, that. right? We just said that. I want my respect. My respect is more important. So I'm not signing with somebody that don't want me. If, I, if that, if my respect is that important, right? If my respect is that important, you don't get to disrespect me and then dictate my deal or my. My comings and goings. Well, you already said I've already said that my disrespect, no, my respect is most important, not the bag, right? No, no, you just no, said I, it. No, I think I think, you, but but I think what you're missing is the disrespect happened on that field because the listen, happened when he said we got enough initials already. We got yeah, TB, we got BA. Why we need an AB? The disrespect happened then. I give it right, right, right. That was years ago, right? And then, for, right. and then whatever and then happened. Resigned. So listen, listen. So whatever happened, whatever conversations was had behind the scenes between the owner, the GM, and Tom and BA, whatever conversation was had then, that they worked out an agreement to have AB on the team. We didn't hear AB alluded to that him and him and BA had a text message relationship. So there was some type of cordial. Uh, professionalism to get through to get their ultimate goal. Mm. However, the ring, you mean however, me. the disrespect happened on the sideline, and he said, "Oh no, zero tolerance was disrespect." And he had a zero tolerance. that gave you three chances. Okay, we got it. We get it. I just don't think even one of them handled it. Yeah. Well. And, and, and to my and my point is, when, when everyone said AB's in the lose-lose, no matter what happened, the headline was going to be he quit. He refused to go back in the game. To this day, where is the headline 
that the coach made a threatening gesture to a player. Where's that headline? I thought That's I answered threat. it already. I thought I, I answered it already. And it's not going to be that way because of what he, who he is. <laughs> and what he signed on the bottom of his card when it, the box says, what's your race? That's the real issue that the media won't talk about because if you talk about that, it's going to mess with the money of the NFL. Okay. Agree. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I do not disagree. <laughs> All right. Hey, right we didn't time. Yes, no? sir. Oh. Well, we ain't gotta make no picks until next week, so we good. But the uh East West Shrine Bowl is this weekend. So, Thursday. Huh? Thursday night. Thursday night. Right. Senior Bowl this week. Senior Bowl practices should be start start to air tomorrow, right? Uh should be, I think. Yeah, I think they're doing measurements and all that today. Yeah, so what the hell? I can't remember names for shit. What is your name? We need to go to the to the senior bowl practices and games and report it. But I am not even gonna attempt to say this name. Name Daniel Daniel F. Chill, <laughs> boy, right. shut up. No. Shut up. No. Shut up. John, tell me what you doing. I don't know, bro. I, shut I, up. I, I can't believe I'm Jason. Don't you put it up. Shut up. He he's right. trash. My bad. <laughs> Come on, man. Chill. Yeah. Y'all know what happened. It's too late. It's too late. He already yeah. said it. All right. It's too late. Just because what happened in Philly happened, don't mean you got to bring that negativity. That's my bad. That's my bad. See, and that's why I ain't, I ain't even mentioned it to, to y'all two. I showed John like a couple months ago. Like, bro, look at Shorty right here. And we've just been. Damn. <laughs> Y'all could have put it in a text or something. I, I, I thought I, I did. Said it. In fact, I think <laughs> I, I might have put it in in, a, in the chat. Damn. Can you imagine that? Right, that's that. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> is he? All about this hit today. Like, yo, he in the senior bowl? He's at the senior bowl. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah John. For that. So right for that. Yeah, John. We gotta get him late. What? Hopefully it'd be another like never mind. I didn't want to speak on it. That's all right. We nah. we we'll hit it up in the chat. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it in the chat. All right, then. Definitely appreciate y'all. Love these conversations. Shout out to everybody that was uh watching on the live, everybody on Clubhouse. Uh everybody who tuned in on Instagram as well. Definitely appreciate y'all and you know y'all opinions on the game of football. So uh, continue to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at the Sideline Talk. Um, what's the clubhouse, John? I mean, Al? Um, sideline Talk. Just Sideline Talk. Straight Sideline Talk. Just, um, search for the club Sideline Talk. Or the, yeah, the club. Club Sideline Talk. And I open up this room on Monday at 6. Also have a WSLT where I DJ a, a room with some music. The Sundays I'm playing my gospel music. Fridays I have like old school hip hop going on in the middle of the day. 
Um, Thursday nights, I got Lyricist Lounge. So. What about the dot bitches? Like, they need to <laughs> come through, um, come through Clubhouse. Come through Clubhouse. <laughs> You gonna have it Magic City Tuesday. I understand. <laughs> yeah, that's random shit. <laughs> All right, man. I'll take us out. Be blessed. Be productive. Be more. We love you. We are.